0: Hi, this is Joe Shannon. I'm a lawyer, a husband, a father of six kids, and I also uh, host a podcast called Opening Statement with Joe Shannon. Please consider listening to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple, and any other folks that host podcasts. Just Google Joe Shannon and podcast and you'll find it. I hope you enjoyed the show. Today we're speaking with Brian Gorelli of Cap, uh, Preferred Capital. How are you, Brian?
1: Good, Joe. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm you know it's a Monday and uh, it's nice to be alive. It's, it's sunny. It's going to be 60 degrees today, so how can I complain?
1: Yeah, perfect. Exactly.
0: So listen, uh, Brian, um, I I wanted to talk with you today about, uh, you know, a lot about you, but about your company too, Preferred Capital.
1: Um, first of all, what's your role there? So uh, I'm the president and the founder of the company.
0: Wow. So that's going to be
1: quite a journey. How, how long have you been mm-hmm. in business? Uh, 21 years now, Joe. So yeah, it's been quite a journey. Um, uh, it's been uh, very exciting and interesting.
0: Great. So for people that don't understand what Preferred Capital does, can, can you give us the elevator speech?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, preferred capital lends money to people that have personal injury claims. So uh, like you, I'm a trial lawyer. Uh, I've been a trial lawyer in Illinois here for 30, uh, almost 30 years. It'll be 30 years this November. And uh, uh, around 21 years ago, uh, back when the industry did not exist um, or was in its infancy, I decided to start a company that would help plaintiffs um, that were injured who couldn't work or um, because of their injury, uh, help them get some funding so they could afford to wait uh, and prosecute their personal injury case to full value and weren't like tempted to take a lowball offer by the insurance company.
0: So is it like a, uh, some sort of bridge type loan?
1: That's it exactly. So uh, being a lawyer, I would see clients of mine call me who were in a a devastating accident and uh, were injured and couldn't work for a period of time. And they were falling behind on their rent, their mortgage, their utilities, uh, the ability to feed their family. And um, insurance companies know this. They're very astute. Uh, You know this from your practice, Joe. So Um, They would target people who they knew could potentially be desperate. They would offer them pennies on the dollar to settle their case. And some of my clients would call me and say, Hey, Brian, you know, I need to take this, uh, you know, I need to settle my case now because I have this pressing expense. And, and i Go to the insurance company. The insurance company would make a very low ball offer, uh, you know, maybe ten cents on the dollar. And my client was considering taking it, so a little light bulb went off of my head, and I thought, you know, if somebody will step in and and lend these good people uh, some money, so they don't have to take these terrible offers, they can wait, prosecute their case to its you know fair value, and um, and everybody wins.
0: So w- when you um, came up with this idea um you've been practicing how long
1: 30 years uh, as a lawyer and when i came up with this idea 21 years ago it was interesting Uh, nobody was really doing it so i went to the department of financial institutions which is the banking and finance company regulator here in illinois and uh, kind of presented this idea to them and said hey i want to lend money to personal injury victims based on their case uh, and if they lose their case, they don't have to pay me back. But if they win, they pay me back uh, with some interest. And the regulators kind of looked at me like I was crazy uh, at first because no one had ever done this before. Um, and, and at first they told me, no, we don't think this is really a viable business. And I, I went back and forth with them and, and kind of had to twist their arm a little bit. But uh, 21 years ago, they granted me the first lending license in the country to lend money to personal injury victims. So uh, it was uh, kind of a novel thing. And I rolled it out here in Illinois first, being a trial lawyer here. I knew a lot of trial lawyers. And, um, uh, you know, it took a while to initially get them to understand it and get them on board, but uh, it, uh, it started to take off. And uh, now here in Illinois, uh, I'm by far the largest provider of these services, and um, I've also expanded the company out to 32 other states. Um, so I now do this uh, pretty much across the country.
0: Wow. And so
1: l- l- let's get to know you a little bit, Brian. Tell, tell me, uh, w- where are you from? Okay. So, yeah, I grew up here in the Chicagoland area out in the west suburbs. Uh, was born and raised in Lombard and... Um, My dad uh, was a longtime union uh, worker. He was a member of the Operating Engineers Union, and uh, my grandparents had come over from uh, my dad's side from Italy, and um, uh, so my dad uh, uh, joined the union when he was young, uh, never went to college. My mom went to college for a year, and then uh, uh, so uh, when uh, they had four kids, I'm the second in line, and. And so when we were growing up, it just, uh, you know, they were very clear that they wanted their kids to uh, go to college and, and try to better themselves as, uh, you know, uh, kind of third generation uh, folks uh, in this country. And so they impressed that upon us. And uh, my older brother, Brett was a double engineering major at University of Iowa. Um, I went to Northern Illinois and studied finance, and then uh, right after that, uh, attended law school at uh, Chicago Kent College of Law here in Chicago. Uh, that's great. And my two, yeah, my two younger siblings did the same.
0: Oh, that's great. So so your two younger siblings are lawyers too?
1: Uh, they actually uh, studied computer uh, science, so they're uh, coders, computer programmers. So uh, I was the only lawyer. Um And uh, but uh, so that was exciting uh, for my parents to see me graduate from law school. Uh, And then uh, I started practicing law here in Chicago, initially on the defense side at a a huge firm uh, and cut my teeth there for nine years, uh, almost 10 years, made partner. And then I left right after uh, because I kind of hated the defense side of the business. I learned a lot doing it, but I hated it and uh, started doing more plaintiff's work, and then at the same time started Preferred Capital. So uh,
0: when you were an undergrad, did, did you have any sort of finance or
1: business background? I did, I studied, I had a, a bachelor's of science in finance at Northern Illinois. So that's kind of how this all came together. I had a finance background from there, actually worked at a bank when I first graduated from uh, undergrad. And during my first year of law school, I went to uh, school at night. So I worked at Northern Trust Bank. So I got some banking and finance related experience there, albeit for a short time. But, uh, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I put the puzzle pieces together. Great. Um, so where did where, 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 you go to high school? I went to Willowbrook high school here in Villa park. Uh, so, uh, right in the West suburbs, uh, public school. And then, uh, uh and then uh I actually got a wrestling scholarship to wrestle at northern Illinois. That's kind of how I ended up there. Well, you know, I'm and... hearing
0: more and more great stories come out of Northern Illinois. I one of uh one of our trial lawyers, Pat Cummings, uh, is a graduate of Northern Illinois law school and is just absolutely terrific. He had a great education there. And we've had uh another law clerk from Northern and it just seems to me that there's some really great stories coming out of there. One of our, uh, producers of the show, actually, Ashley Zurich is going to be starting at Northern, um, in the fall. And, um, I, I think our, our, you know, States is is blessed to
1: have a really great affordable institution like Northern around us. I, I agree with you. It's really a kind of a hidden gem and, uh, Uh, you know, it gets overshadowed by University of Illinois, but uh, their business school there is amazing. My wife, who I met in college, we've been together for 37 years. uh, She studied accounting there. They have a phenomenal accounting program and uh, their business school is great. And Both my younger siblings went there also uh, and studied uh, computer uh, programming, like I said there.
0: That's great. uh, great. Yep.
1: Three of us went there and had a great experience there. And it's been very good to uh, us. And as you said, it's extremely affordable for, the education you get Um, did you commute to go there or did you stay on campus i did not i I stayed on campus you know it's only an hour away but i wanted the full college experience and especially wrestling there i there was no choice but to stay on campus so tell me Um,
0: about the wrestling thing that sounds interesting so you was you obviously wrestled at willowbrook
1: i did i did yep i was uh, a a state placer and um that's a tough thing uh, to get by the way (laughs) yeah what would you wrestle at wait uh, so, uh, in high school, I was small. I actually wrestled ninety eight my first three years, and then, my senior year, I wrestled one twenty and then, in college uh, I was in the one forties and one fifties and then my son ended up wrestling uh, and I coached him, which was a ton of fun and He actually ended up getting a Division one scholarship to stanford so it's uh, it's wow. my older two, yeah, my two older brothers wrestled also, so it 's kind of a family thing. it tends to be a very family sport and uh the sport's been great to my family and um it was just a blast for me to coach my son and he was a two-time state champion two-time national champion and uh, what did he wrestle at uh so he was smaller in high school too he was like 103 106 his first few years and then he was 120 his senior year almost identical to me Uh, he started college at 141 and finished at 157 so uh yeah. He, he grew just like I did during college. We're late bloomers in my family, but he had an amazing experience, studied engineering at Stanford, uh, got a degree and, uh, he's an engineer at general motors now. So, um, is he making those, so, is yeah. he making those, uh, ventilators now? <laughs> he is not on the ventilators, but, um, he's done all kinds of cool stuff there. A lot of which, uh, he doesn't really tell me because it's proprietary, but, um, yeah, he's worked on, uh, he does a lot of their computer coding and uh, a lot of stuff related to mobile app development. So uh, they're doing some cutting edge stuff there. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting to uh, see, uh, you know, him grow there. He's been there over three years now and um, the company's been very good to him and he enjoys what he does. How many
0: kids do you have, Brian?
1: Uh Three. Three. Yep. So Matt's the oldest, uh, and then the two girls graduated in engineering from University of Michigan. So all good kids. Uh, luckily, they got their mother's brains, and uh, uh, all did well. Yep. So uh they're all. Um, our middle daughter is a computer programmer here in Chicago, and our youngest daughter just graduated from Michigan in December and is going to do um, engineering for a consulting company here in Chicago. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been been good, and it's nice to have all those college tuition payments done, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Very nice. so, <laughs> so
0: I I um I want to focus on this uh, wrestling a little bit. If you don't mind, sure. Okay, so um, not at all. So I I grew up in a, a town called Yakima, Washington, which is um kind of it's an eastern Washington uh, city. It's uh, most people don't understand Washington, Oregon. That you know they think of rain. They think of Washington, Oregon, but East side, East two thirds of both those states is, is, is basically dry in 300 days of sunshine, et cetera. But that's, that's where I grew up. I, I remember when I was, I think I was like at fifth or sixth grade. Um, one of my buddies talked me into, to going to a, uh, like a wrestling camp for a day. And I went to that and he just got my ass kicked, man. I was like, I was <laughs> I was <laughs> like, this is, and I did, I never went to that again. I just said, okay, that's, that's not for me, mm-hmm. but the guys I knew in high school, one of the, one of the guys I knew in high school was our, um, football center a guy named Jeff store. And he was an unbelievably great, uh, athlete wrestler, but, but the wrestling made these guys tough. And then one of another one of my buddies, um, was, uh, a really good wrestler, you know, wrestled at, um. In college, too, uh, guy here locally, but the amount of work and the work ethic and the absolute masochism
1: that goes into wrestling (laughs) is amazing
0: to me. How tell me how that shaped your character?
1: It it definitely does. I'll tell you. It's uh, there's a famous wrestler by the name of Dan Gable. He was an Olympic champion um he's uh a legend in the sport but he had a saying and uh, he's still alive but it's once you've wrestled everything else in life is easy and there's a lot of truth to that saying because uh it's it's a sport where it's one-on-one it's just you and your opponent and it's basically either you're uh whipping him or he's whipping you and there's nobody out there to help you there's kind of no place to hide and it's uh it's very uh very intense um and uh it's it's kind of hard to describe but it's uh it's kind of like a gladiator type sport where it's you know either you're uh, whooping the the other guy or he's whooping you and and so it does build a ton of character there's also weight management involved with it you know you're trying to maintain a certain weight and you know uh uh have a a diet to do that so you're you know tend to eat extremely healthy and And uh, so that uh, losing the weight, there's a mental aspect to that. And um, especially when it gets to high level, it's extreme. You know, it's uh, it's been a great character builder for me and uh, helped me uh, succeed in life. And I think it's done the same for my son uh, and my brothers also. Uh, It's uh, it's a very good uh, sport, but it's not not for everybody, like you said.
0: No, it's like, you know, um, there's a couple things that, that, that I think life lessons is that number one is that um, you have to go through a lot of pain to get to the the glory, number one. Uh, but number two, the delayed gratification, you know, that, that basically that you will put off a lot of things like bad food, you know, uh, not showing up for work. You know, not showing up for your workouts because you become a daily grinder, and so that that kind of stuff. When I, whenever I see on a um, an application that somebody's a wrestler or a long distance runner or a, you know, basically an athlete that I know that has gone through like a really really tough time, but it takes daily um, commitment. That it means something to me. How about you?
1: Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh there's certain sports running is the same. I think swimming can be the same way, you yes. know, where you're just, you know, it's you and the pool or you and the track and wrestling, you know, it's you and your opponent. Uh, those do build a ton of character. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And um, it's uh, I think it allowed me to um, when I worked at a big firm in Chicago, like I said, uh There were 36 of us that started in my class, three of us made partner, I was one of them. And I do feel wrestling helped me do that because I was able to just outlast everybody, you know? Uh, The work ethic you get out of that and the ability to just keep grinding, it it certainly teaches you a a lot on that. And I think it's helped me throughout life on just being focused, uh, setting a goal, getting to it. you know, I highly encourage and, and the other interesting thing about wrestling right now, Joe, is that girls wrestling is one of the fastest growing sports in the country. People don't even think about it. Um, really? Yeah. But, you know, due to Title IX in college sports now, more schools are adding girls wrestling programs than any other sport. So uh, wow. if you have a daughter that uh, likes contact and is tough-minded, uh, again, not for everybody, uh, there are huge opportunities opening up for girls right now to – Um, compete. And, uh, you know, uh, women's wrestling has has existed at the Olympics for a while now. Um, uh, And the USA had their first uh, Olympic gold medalist at the last Olympics. So it's an exciting time for uh, girls to participate and be a part of something. And then also uh, get division one college scholarships and maybe get into schools that they couldn't otherwise get into, so uh, something for people to think about, and it's a, a great opportunity for uh, girls who have a tougher mindset and don't mind uh, scrapping. You know,
0: You, you know uh, what? When I, when I, uh, another thing I think about when, when I think of folks like you, um, who are were competitive athletes, is is that there's going to be losses, right? And so, um, you know, the, the business world is a lot like competitive sports in that you're gonna have wins you're gonna have uh, you know battles where you lose maybe you win the war but there's going to be a lot of battles that you're gonna not get the results you want but, the, the, but you have to show up again and you have to, to learn and one of the things about sport is it teaches you that when you learn that to, to when, when you lose you learn that either you either gonna quit and go away, or you're going to work harder and do better the next time. And, you know, did you find that in in wrestling taught you some, some
1: skills in that regard? Absolutely. Uh, One of my coaches said to me when I was younger, you you learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. And there's absolute truth to that. Uh, You know, there were times I lost matches and that's where I learned where my weaknesses were and use that to get better. When you win, sometimes you just uh, enjoy the win and you're not really thinking about how you won. And, and so wrestling, definitely, and I think a lot of sports, you, you do learn more from your losses. I learned a lot more that way. And then, you know, you'd watch the video and afterwards, and you'd then say, okay, this is what I got to work on. This is where my weakness was. This is what I had to fix. And and certainly there's a lot of truth to that. I did a lot of that with my son when he was younger and, and competing. And, uh, you know, we would, we would go over his losses in way greater detail than we went over his victories because that's how you – you get better. That's how you improve, and especially if you want to get to the top of any sport, that's critical. I I, I agree with you wholeheartedly.
0: So you're so, so you let you coach him, huh? Wow i, <laughs> I, I've, got, I I've got six kids, and I, I tell you, I coached them all. You know, um, at one time in uh, sports in grade school and all that. But I, you know, it takes a special kind of relationship for. Uh, a child to allow his father or mother to coach him just because it, you know, there's that, you, you know, you, you, when you have a, a regular coach, you go home and do your parents and all that stuff. But you know, if you live with them, boy.
1: Yeah, you are absolutely right. And I'm not going to say it was all uh, fun and games. Uh, and, and I coached him when he was younger too, Joe. So I coached him up until about, uh, Seventh grade, and then I turned him over to there's a phenomenal coach here in Illinois, club coach named Israel Martinez. What and high
0: school he, did he end up going to?
1: Uh, he went to Fenwick, so uh, in Oak Park. And, um, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, there were some trying times. And as he got older, I realized that also he was getting way better than I ever was. So I had to get him over to somebody that was really at a much higher level. And, uh, and I got him over to Israel, but yeah, uh, it worked while he was young, but then as he got older, uh, I needed to turn him over to somebody to take him to that next level. But I'll tell you this, when he finally finished his wrestling career, uh, at Stanford and, and, uh, graduated, I asked him, I said, are you going to miss wrestling? He said, dad, you know, it was a tough sport. I loved it, but I actually am glad to take a break now. But he said, what I'm really going to miss is traveling around the country with you. Cause I caught every one of his matches and spending that time with you, and I'll tell you, Joe, that brought a tear to my eye. I was, uh, I got all choked up over that. So,
0: Brian, where, where did your son end up going to high school?
1: Uh, he went to Fenwick uh, in Oak Park. Had a great experience there in education, and uh, carried that on, like I said, uh, into Stanford. So that's yep. awesome. So he was yeah. state
0: champion at Fenwick, huh?
1: Twice, yeah, junior and senior year. So, woo, um, I'm not gonna a- want to run into that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny, you know, if you were to meet him off the mat, Joe, you would, you wouldn't uh, realize it. He's, you know, one of the nicest, uh, sweetest kids ever, and his coaches would always say that to me. They're like, um, you know, but when he got on the mat, boy, it, it would a, a switch. You know, he'd flip that switch, and it was a whole different person. But then he'd walk off again, and he'd be. Just uh happy-go-lucky and smiling and joking around, so um, luckily he's never had to use those skills in any fashion <laughs> other than on the map, but yeah, some kids can do that. Uh, they can turn it on and off, and he was he's always been like that, so well, that's uh, great.
0: Hey, listen, I wanted to switch gears with you here. Um, you told me that your your um, grandparents came from Italy?
1: Yes, so what part of Italy? Uh, they're from Calabria, Calabrese, southern Italy so uh, towards the bottom
0: uh no i know uh, where it is my yeah. my wife's um my wife's uh grandparents are from uh, calabria
1: oh wow okay yeah it's a smaller area uh kind of uh you know more de- or more rural and uh quiet but um yeah, it's uh yeah, Southern Italian. My dad has has a year-round tan <laughs> but uh I didn't quite get I got my mom's German and Irish look more. So I'm I'm more fair-skinned, but yeah, the, my the, dad. So your your
0: grandparents tell me their story about when they came over. Was, did they come over together? Did they meet here?
1: Uh they uh actually met here but came over around the same time and What year uh, was that? Uh you know, I'd have to look back, show um And get that exactly. So, my dad is 79 now um, and uh, probably, you know, 20 some years older. And they came over when they were little, like four or five. So, you know, yep, yep, in the early 1900s sometime and uh, came over to Chicago, set up roots. Originally, they lived down on Taylor Street in the old Italian neighborhood yep and and my dad spent his first few years there, and then they moved out to elmhurst uh and my grandfather was actually a bailiff uh in Cook County, so he worked in the courthouse and uh you know uh, uh oversaw a courtroom for a judge there, and that was his career that's awesome um, and then did yeah. did your grandma stay home with the kids or absolutely as you know in that generation that's what They did. And all growing up when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather passed away when I was only five, unfortunately. But my grandma would come over to our house every Sunday and cook a full Italian meal when I was growing up. And and it was uh, a great memory. My dad would uh, get my brother and I, my older brother, Brett, and I out of bed and drive us downtown to Taylor Street, where he grew up and take us to the bakery. We'd get bread. And I remember driving home. You could just smell that bread in the car, Joe, and you just couldn't wait to get into it uh yeah and, and
0: i bet yeah. you guys stopped at the, the 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 deli the you know all the the different places because that's you know that was a specialty it was the, everybody had their specialty and the food was way better wasn't it
1: oh amazing amazing we'd get home my grandma would have the meatballs ready and we'd have a, like a meatball sandwich on that bread and then we'd have a full italian dinner in the afternoon and that was a sunday tradition in our family Up, that's nice March.
0: so yeah um so I love these American dream stories. I just, I mean, I, I just, I, I can't get enough of it. So your, your, um, your grandfather ends up getting a job. was that his first job when, when he, when he got here or did he I'm not.
1: I, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent certain on that, what he did at first, but uh, that was his like, you know, full-time job that he did uh, all when my dad was growing up and um, you know, he got into the court system there as a bailiff and that's what he did. Uh, that's he awesome. Down, and then down at, down at the Daily Center there. Yep. Wow.
0: And so yep. um my uh uh like I said, I, I really enjoy these uh American dream stories. I mean, your your grandfather your parents came over, and both of your parents uh you know worked really hard and then your generation, all four of you guys went on to uh to college.
1: Yeah, yeah, even though and my older brother was the first one in my entire family to do that to go to college and so that was just a huge source of pride for my parents um, and uh, I remember that and and uh, they loved that and like I said they instilled that in us even though they really didn't uh, get that experience they uh, they just saw the importance of it they wanted their kids and I think that's kind of that American dream you talk about they wanted their kids to do better than they did and and they pass that on to us and you know we have the same uh, I think, uh, you know, idea with our children. So wow. it's, it's a great, great part of the American dream. It's been, uh, fun to see. And, and, uh, you know, my wife and I was the same thing. We had that source of pride. We wanted our kids to go to not only college, but better schools than we went to, uh, uh, and, you know, enrich themselves and get the benefit of that as best they could. So
0: what was the names of your grandparents, the Grellies?
1: Uh, so Louis was uh, my grandfather, Louis. So he went by Louis and my grandma, which was interestingly uh, enough, uh, this was something I didn't even realize until her funeral. Uh, she went by Francis the whole time, but her name was actually Philomena. Oh. And uh, yeah, so, but I, you know, I didn't really know that nobody, because everybody just called her Francis uh, her whole life and. And so, uh, at her funeral, my wife's like, "Did you know her name was Philomena? And I'm like, "I did not." Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, interesting. Wow, like, people did uh, that in that generation too. They'd have a name, and they they all had a nickname or a different name they went by. You know, a yeah, lot of them. So, yeah,
0: yeah. So Louis uh, and Francis come over. Now they're they're their grandson. Let's talk about preferred capital now. I'm I'm on your website, and yes. I'm seeing all of these different states that. Uh, Louie and Francis's grandson is in Oklahoma, yeah. Oregon,
1: Washington, Nevada, Wisconsin, everywhere. And yep. Bogu- yeah, we go, we go, we go from as far as Maine on the East coast, to uh, uh Oregon. We're, uh, and, uh, Washington, we're in Washington also yeah. where you grew up. So yeah, we cover the whole country pretty much. You're in the and- bayou down in Louisiana. You're down in Tennessee. <laughs> We are, we are. We have a lot of Southern states, Uh, Texas we're in. Uh, Yep. Uh, So yeah, when I started it here in Illinois, uh, next state I went to was Missouri, uh, then Nevada, then Ohio. And I've just been adding states every year and a couple sources of pride for me. um, You know, I make sure that we're the cheapest option in every state we're in for clients. So um, we're usually like less than half the cost of our competitors. Uh, so I priced the product very fairly so that people that need it can get it. And then also uh, I've grown the company uh, in Illinois. I became the largest sponsor of the Illinois trial lawyers 21 years ago. Uh, so I pri- provide a lot of support to trial lawyers uh, here. And then I've taken that model into every state we're in. So now Preferred Capital is the largest supporter of trial lawyer groups in the country. Wow. Um, so I try to yeah try to give a ton back uh, to trial lawyers because the the important work they do and how they help their clients, and uh, especially clients who have been injured. And uh, so, yeah, uh, we put more money back into trial lawyers associations than uh, any other company in the country.
0: So how many folks work for Preferred Capital?
1: Um, We have around 20 employees. Uh, Most are here in Chicago, but uh, I have two in Las Vegas. I kind of cover the West Coast. I have one in Ohio that covers a lot of the East coast, uh, two in Missouri that kind of cover a lot of the Southern States. Um, uh, so I have these four regional offices and then, uh, it's, uh, on the road a lot. Um, before this, uh, COVID crisis, um, uh, I would be uh, in an airport at least once or twice a week, Joe. So it's been quite a change for me <laughs> since, uh, this all happened, but, um, yeah we would uh, travel the country and attend trial lawyer conferences and then help clients uh, all over all over the great united states
0: that's great tell me the love story with your wife how did it work out how'd it start <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you didn't so, meet her at
1: wrestling did you uh, i did not uh i actually met her at northern uh i was in a fraternity there pi cap alpha the pike fraternity and she was a little sister in the fraternity And we met there. It was my sophomore year, her freshman year. And we started dating and we've been together 37 years now, married 31. So uh, it's been amazing. And uh, uh, we've had a, a, you know, it's been a ton of fun and uh, a lot of our family live here in the West suburbs. So we see them regularly and uh, she blessed me with three amazing kids. So yeah, it's been a a great 37 year run and I'm looking forward to uh, many more with her. She's an amazing woman.
0: Yeah, and so is your wife involved in the business too, or
1: um, she no. is not in, in preferred capital. Um, uh, she is a CPA, like I said. So uh, she she uh, when I left uh, Lord Bissell, the big firm in Chicago, and opened a law firm out here in Elmhurst, I uh, she did the books for my law firm uh, for all those years. So um, so she's been a, a huge help to me on the financial side she's even though she doesn't work at preferred capital she's just an amazing partner and i bounce ideas off her all the time and uh she's good about keeping me within my rails you know no i'm with you i've got yeah. the
0: i've got the uh my wife's a, uh i met my wife uh michelle at law school and so she's a lawyer and and so we i run stuff by her my most important meeting every day is with my wife uh we have coffee and we will talk about Number one, you know, our most important investment is with our kids, and obviously, um, but then we talk about just in general. And you know, it's it's invaluable to have a partner like that that's that no that has your best interest at heart, has your kids' best interest at heart, and then also, you know, keeps you in, in a situation where you, you're you, you always have the big picture of, hey, listen, are we doing the right thing for our clients? Are we doing the right thing for our community? Are we doing the right thing for, you know, folks that work with us, our team members? And, um, you know, having a great sounding board like, you know, your CPA wife is just it's huge, isn't it?
1: It's invaluable. Uh, You hit the nail on the head. And, you know, that's very interesting. You tell that story about the coffee because my wife and I started that, uh, God, I don't know, 10 years ago. But uh, we wake up every morning, um, and uh, first thing we do is one of us walks downstairs, gets two cups of coffee. We go back up, jump in bed, and we talk <laughs> for forty-five minutes. And it's just all the stuff you talked about. We, and we do that every morning. And it's been—I—I I, I recommend that to anybody I talk to. It's—it's it's huge. It's great for your marriage, and it's also just great for bouncing ideas off each other, keeping in touch with each other. Cause especially when the kids are little or growing up it's hard to find that time so we just decided to get up a half hour earlier every morning sure. and do that it's it's a great way to start the day so you know and, um
0: uh, i i'm hoping that that uh that you'll come on again uh for a video cast um that we'll do cuz i think people are going to want to see the grappler uh the guy that's <laughs> that's taking over I mean, america's uh preferred uh capital lending and and taking care of folks for their bridge loans and and doing the right thing for people um and i think that uh it it would be great to to have that type of um conversation we can talk more about the business and and how you're growing it and how, how you're making a difference in your community um
1: but would you would you think about doing that for us Absolutely, Joe. I'd love to do that. So uh, I would, uh, you let me know and I'll, I'll be back anytime. It's been a great experience chatting with you, hearing about you also and uh, very enjoyable. So I'd love to do that.
0: And then also next time I want to talk to you more about, uh, you, you know, you live, you live in Elmhurst, right? Correct. Yeah. I'd like to hear about your community involvement, Elmhurst, what, what's going on there. What's, uh, I bet you you know more than folks uh, on the national uh, side, the local people know who Brian Gorelli and his terrific family is. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love
1: that. I'd be glad to talk about that. Okay,
0: great. All right, well, thank you so much, Brian, and for for folks that want to that want to uh tap into what you're doing, um can they go to preferredcapitalfunding.com?
1: Yes, they can. Uh they can call us anytime toll-free at 800-774-7106 or uh they can go to our website uh which is www.pcfcash.com. Um, Say that one more time, uh,
0: will
1: you? Yep, yep. 800 774 7106 on the phone or www.pcfcash.com. P-c-f-cash.com. They can go to our website, all the information's on there. They can actually apply online right there. Um, and, uh, you know, if they're interested, there's no cost or obligation to apply. If they apply, um, we get back to them and tell them what they're approved for. If they end up not taking the loan, uh, they're out nothing. And, uh, so it's uh it's a no risk proposition for them.
0: That's great. And, um, you know, if they, if they go to the website, they'll see all the great work you guys are doing all over the country. And it's a, it's a product that, um, you know, kind of puts puts the folks on more of an even footing with the uh, large companies that they're in litigation with. So, thanks again, Brian, and and uh, enjoyed talking to you, and look forward to talking to you in the future.
1: Same here, Joe. Thank you, appreciate Bye-bye. it. bye now.